0: Steve live from the ESPN 690 and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Woo! Out of breath. <laughs> How's the hustle today? I mean, a hustle. Got a rush going. I left the house at 2:42. Oof. And and here, here I am. I'm. You're kind of pretty close. To Usually, 2:40 is the limit. Yeah. Got
1: a little out of the driveway by 2.40. Yeah.
0: <sighs> 2.42.
1: New year, new Brent Martino man, getting to work on time. Look yeah. at you go. Car's in quarantine and all that stuff for so long that the car's like extra jumpy. <laughs> yeah, you know? for has sure. Got a little juice in it. Yeah, you got to turn it loose every <laughs> once in a while, man. Let those ponies fly. What's um, What's happening? Nothing too Trent much. Balky. Trent Bulky. Trent So funny,
0: right? Like, I go back yesterday, I listened to our segment in the first part of the show. I was like, I really don't, I'm not convinced it's going to be Trent Bulky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I told you that I think it was happening yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah. That it was. But I couldn't, I didn't know who. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not convinced. I think they might have named them already, right? That's kind of what I thought. Like, last Friday, if it was Bulky, why not just introduce everybody? They kind of said they had an idea who it was going to be. True. He's already there. And uh, so I just had a, I didn't have the vibe that it was him. And then hours later, it's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, the Jacks still haven't even confirmed. I think they'll confirm tomorrow. I think part of this is I, I don't think they wanted to. And this I'd heard this around the coaching circles. Yeah. And honestly don't know how true it is. I just kind of heard that, you know, when they were, say, Urban Meyer, when they were going to introduce him or if it was Bulky, a lot of teams try to avoid the, the games on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, right? They don't want to get – in front of the games and, and uh, distract at all. And if you noticed, a lot of the coaching news came out Sunday night after the final whistle sure. uh, of Sunday night's game. So I think they purposely avoid any news breaks during the window of, of playoff games. Mm. Well, then Monday was Martin Luther King Day and today the inauguration day. And so I think there is a lot to avoid Mm-hmm. And so there was some thought that maybe yesterday there could be an announcement. And now I don't even think the Jags will make it fully official until tomorrow. I think that's the way it's trending.
1: Yeah. And then meanwhile, we got Philip Rivers saying, you know, what? it's not even about me. I, it is Inauguration Day. I'm going <laughs> to retire as well. All right. How about that? Well, and, and he actually said, why, though? He
0: said January 20th is, is a big day. Oh, for I didn't the, even see that. Yeah, okay. I think in his statement, he said the 20th was a big day um, for multiple reasons. One that he that two thousand seven AFC championship game where he played through an ACL, I think, mm. was the day he had it. Uh, yeah. It was the day of that game. And so that was obviously the closest he ever came to the Super Bowl. Uh but yeah, he said, All right, whatever, I'm I'm putting hey. it out there on the twentieth. So now that's so it looks like Drew Brees. Drew Brees hasn't made it official mm-hmm. and Philip Rivers goes. I really there's something I really like about Philip Rivers. I don't know exactly what it is. Like, I don't know why I really appreciate him and like him. I think he's a really good guy. I have talked to Gus Bradley since he left Jacksonville. You know, he went to the Chargers yeah. and he says Rivers is just an all world guy. Mm-hmm. All world guy, mm-hmm. and uh, that I mean I think Gus says a lot of nice things about a lot of people, but I, I think he like was genuine that uh, he really says Phil Perver's different level kind of guy. You
1: know, I, I played against him a couple times, and definitely the ultimate competitor, but a guy that I did not cherish playing against because of the smack talk. And <laughs> but like listen, like it's one thing. And regardless of the position, but it's one thing when an opponent like, you know, trash talks you and, and swears at you like you're you're accustomed to that. It's football, right? Yes. Like that, that's going to happen. But like when someone goes out of their way to trash talk you and make it a habit of not swearing at you like that, that to me is annoying. Like that's just that's a little extra a little spice right there that I'm not all about. So like. It was always annoying, let's just say, playing Phillip Rivers, but I have the ultimate respect for him. That's fascinating.
0: It's a funny point. Now, I bring that up. I was like, would you rather have a trash talk? Like, when you're playing hoops Mm -hmm. or something, right? Or if you're on the golf course or if you're wherever and you're going to talk some trash, you want somebody dropping F-bombs on you and... Saying stuff about your mom and I mean, all us let's, sleep uh, let's the moms out of it. Okay. Let's sleep the moms uh, out of it. Keep the family out of it. But, keep the but, moms I mean, out like, of it. You got to get like intense
1: about this stuff. <laughs> then all sure. of a
0: sudden, this Philip Rivers saying, "That gummit." Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like the most like,
1: country accent ever. Yeah. It's
0: like, what are you doing, man? Like, I can't even, like, hate on that, but I kind of hate do, that. No, right? like, I hate
1: that even worse, man, because it's like you're going out of your way. Like, you, you, you're, like, crafting this stuff right here. Like, you're you, – it's kind of like you're a wordsmith right now, and you're the kitchen. You're a chemist, if you will, and it drives me crazy.
0: <laughs> so, Philip Rivers uh, retires. Uh, we'll get into it. Is he a Hall of Famer, right? Where does he – and I asked a question today because I related to the golf world, and – It got me immediately thinking Mm -hmm. because he played and everybody will say, and and I hate this, but I hate this because I grew up a Dan Marino fan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Listen, I rooted for some of my favorite players. Larry Bird, as you know, he won championships. So it's not like all my favorite players didn't win championships, Mm -hmm. but I love Dan Marino as a kid. And I I knew he was, like, the best player in the game, like, one of the best players in the game, if not the best quarterback in the game, the best thrower, maybe one of the best throwers of all time, right? Mm-hmm. But he will never get the credit because he never hoisted the trophy. And so many people believe, like, that trophy defines that. It and helps. so I've always hated the argument because we all sat there and watched and said, nobody throws football better than that guy. Nobody throw, Nobody's playing better quarterback than that guy. And he wouldn't win. And, and yet everybody knew it, but he wouldn't win. Well, so I have that same I have like a soft spot for guys like Philip Rivers that just weren't able to get over the mountaintop and mm-hmm. and and win the Lombardi Trophy. It's hard. How good was he? And the closest he came was back in 2007. Yeah. 2007. He played 13 more years. And and so my likeness to golf here is he played in an era where you had Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in his conference. Mm-hmm. In his, forget about everybody else. In his conference, he had Brady, the GOAT, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning, no doubt one of the best of all time, in his own conference to get through. It's much like and, and people refer to it like Sergio Garcia or Colin. A lot of people bring Colin Montgomery. I don't know if that's fair. Jim Furyk, maybe mm. when they say they're all coming up and playing and they're making a lot of top fives and top tens and a lot of money and they're winning tournaments, but they're not winning big or as big as they could. Why? Because you have Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, two of the best to ever play the game sure. right in
1: front of you. Yeah. You know, and obviously it's a different game now. Right. Because like, let me ask you this question. Do you think Ben Roethlisberger, when he retires, whenever that's going to be, do you see him being a first a uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, Ben Roethlisberger? I do. You think Philip Rivers is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't, and I think Philip Rivers is better. Well, and he had a lot more yards than Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah,
0: the stats will say better, but I, but I think Philip Rivers we is a better say, quarterback.
1: But, then, but why, why do we say Ben Roethlisberger? Two Super Bowls. There you go. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it, it means something. It definitely does Oh, no, mean I, I'm not in yeah. den- denial yeah, about it. Yeah, I just don't yeah. like the argument. Like, I got you. I, I don't think it's
0: it's it's a it's a suitable argument in, in some cases. Sure. Like I think Tom Brady clinched himself as the goat because the numbers said so, the eye test said so, but also the fact that he now had 5. Oh, without a doubt. Right? Mm-hmm. I think LeBron James will win what's he got? 4? 3? 4. 4. four. Yeah. Two four. for the Miami. So he's got 4. Yeah. But I don't know if he's going to get to 6. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't get the 6 and nobody's getting to Bill Russell's 10 or 11 or whatever, mm-hmm. I still think LeBron will go down as the second best player of all time. Sure. And it's...
1: And but so, he's won one, though. But like he's won Rivers never won yeah. yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, Philip Rivers hasn't won one.
0: So, yet. like, where does Dan Marino rank in the Pantheon of quarterbacks? How much does he jump up? How much does Philip Rivers jump
1: up if they win just one Super Bowl? See, I mean, with Dan Marino, yes, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. Because even at the time that he played, um, the numbers that he put up, he was the outlier. So, like... Dan Reno will always be one of the great ones. Now, keep in mind, like, Phil Rivers has more passing yards than Dan Reno even does, right? But I just think the fact that we didn't see it really with Dan Reno in his era that he played, like what he could do at the quarterback position. And in uh, Phil Rivers' era, there's a lot of great quarterbacks, right, and some better than than Philip Rivers. So to answer your question, like, if you would have won a Super Bowl, where would he rank in the pantheon of greats? He'd be right up there. And in my opinion, he'd be definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. But when we talk about an MVP award, even in a regular season, whether it's basketball or football, nine times out of ten, that MVP award, it goes to the guy that's on a really good team. It goes to a guy that's on a really successful team. And Phillip Rivers, you know, when he gets, if he gets that first ballot Hall of Fame, not or not, I think it comes down to the type of teams that he played on and the success. And, yes, he did go to the playoffs a couple of times, and he had uh, some success there. But, overall, he didn't win the big one, and that's got to stand out.
0: Who else is going to retire this year? It's the and Rivers. Is that it? Is anybody else in, in sport? I'm not saying just quarterbacks. I'm saying uh, um, in football. Any I other f- positions? I think Big Ben could. Yeah, Ben could. Uh, Frank Gore. Frank Gore might. So what's in, What I'm asking is, do guys actually look ahead and say, five years from now, who am I going in the first ballot Ooh, with? I don't know. I mean, possibly. No, I mean, yeah. seriously, do they weigh that? I mean, I don't so, know. I, at this stage, why not weigh that a little bit? You know, I'm, it's not the yeah. only reason you come back, but like you're gonna have Drew Brees, definite. Correct. Again, if if I'm Philip Rivers and, and if I knew ben, Big Ben was going to retire, I'd be like, well, wait a minute. Let me hang out another year because that's sure. going to be a close one.
1: Yeah. Uh, one Frank could assume Gore's Frank Gore get is going a, a to uh, be a first ballot, too. I mean, the, Gore, the longevity, I the think numbers. He,
0: yeah, it just depends who he comes out with, right? True, I mean, true. who else is in the class,
1: who's left over for over the next few years?
0: Um, and, and by the way, like Frank Gore, Frank Gore is the greatest example to me of like the counter argument of Biselli. You'd say Frank Gore. Nobody ever said was like one of the best backs in the league. Correct. The whole time he played. Yeah. But we're respecting longevity. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you can have like the Baselli argument, where Baselli's like the greatest of his era, and it's like nobody doubts it. But now you're saying he didn't play long enough. Like which guy deserves in the Hall of Fame? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a Hall of Greats. Baselli should easily get in the Hall of Fame before Frank Gore. Easily, in my opinion. Yeah. Listen, I think Frank Gore should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I'm just telling you, if I mean, if we get to a point where, where Baselli's still not in the Hall of Fame and Frank Gore is, that's a problem with the system.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy. I'm looking at his stats right now one, two, three, four, five time Pro Bowler, rushed over 1,000 yards for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I think 10 times in his career, which is really? pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, I mean dude he had some he had some pretty good seasons like I don't get it twisted I guess but, he's played so long that, that doesn't saying. feel like he's had a good season in like 8 years Well and, and that's very true I mean that's definitely a great point I mean his highest touchdown total was 10 touchdowns in a season um he had a 9 he had a couple 8s so I mean I get exactly what you're saying, yeah. man. I, I do. And the reason why I talk about Frank Gore possibly being a first ballot Hall of Famer is because of the longevity. But to be fair, he's playing at a position where there is no longevity. Absolutely. Be, listen, I am you, not
0: holding it against Frank yeah. Gore. I'm just using it in the argument with Baselli. Like, Baselli is a great player during the seven years that he played. No doubt. Everybody says. I don't know if we ever said one time in Frank Gore's career he's the best running back in the game. No, probably not.
1: Right? There's always been somebody better. And
0: again, people hold that against Freddie T, too. And Freddie mm-hmm. T's hardly got any momentum to go to the Hall of Fame because he played in a very good running back era. Sure. But he belongs in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, yeah. because of the stats and everything else. So, I'm again, I, this is not a knock against Gore. But I'm telling you, if Gore was up for a Hall of Fame right now, mm-hmm. those damn voters would put Gore in because of the longevity more so than greatness yet they'll sacrifice
1: greatness for longevity in the Buscelli argument. I mean, I don't know, man. It's longevity, but it's also the stats. Like, look look at where he is all time of leading rushing yards. That that, that says something, just like with Drew Brees. Look where Drew Brees is all time with passing yards. You know, like... That's because he's a great quarterback, but also longevity. So it kind of goes hand in hand, like yeah.
0: so like you, you said yesterday. There's no stat to say Tony Baselli exactly here, yep. right? Um, and that's the rough thing. Fair point. Fair point. Uh,
1: and and stats usually mean longevity too. They do, right? They do. Uh, but that, uh, I'm going to say this though. Getting back to Philip Rivers real quick, I say that we designate 120 of every year Philip Rivers Day, and on that day, because listen, I played with Philip Rivers. I have played against him. I played against Andrew Luck, and guess what? Even though people say he doesn't swear, he swears. Drew Brees, he swears. Philip Rivers, never heard him swear one time. Not even like on NFL Network, you know, like on the cameras and then the, the sideline things like that. I say 120 Philip Rivers Day. We have to go a full day without swearing. Really, I like that. Anything about that? We've
0: dedicated that to Phil. I think so.
1: No, okay. I've, I've already failed today, okay, because I, I just appointed it right now, so we'll wait till next year to oh, yeah. bring this to fruition. I've sworn a lot. And what in yeah. celebration, because I hit a new high score in Ms. Pac-Man. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, still, so, I mean, I still swearing, out. though. It it's just swearing. me in the
0: corner or the living room, like, <laughs> this, celebrating. I mean, yeah. some people reach the Lombardi Trophy, some people reach a high score in Ms. Pac-Man. Hey, hey, to reach their own. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's
1: got achievements.
0: All right, so uh, overall, we started with Trent Baalke. Uh We'll get into more of Philip Rivers, should he be in the hall and all that. it be an interesting conversation. Uh uh, we said this, we kind of nailed this yesterday, right? Balky's not going to overwhelm anybody with, oh my gosh, that's a great pick. It's just not happening.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not very overwhelmed right now, to tell no. you the truth. I, here's
0: the thing on it. I, I'll say this. I feel, I've I told you this many a times. I know a lot of people in that building over the years. I've known a lot of people in the building. Uh, I don't know Trent Balky. Because mm-hmm. of the pandemic, we didn't get a chance to meet some of the people in the building. Like, yeah. I, I don't know some of the folks. Heck, we don't know some of the rookies. We never met them. Right. Uh, In person. And so Bulky's that way. I don't know. I I have I don't have a good feel for him. And I feel like it's a little bit unfair on a couple of levels, although we're piecing things together to say, well, he might have been a problem because Harbaugh, because Tom Sula, because Chip Kelly. Well, I know this, at least from what I've read in the past, Jim Harbaugh and Chip Kelly aren't the easiest guys to get along with. So was that really on bulky or was that? on them mm-hmm. was he a part of it absolutely maybe he could be he did go to i think this is what we do there wasn't going to be an overwhelming reaction of good for any of the guys that got hired in this spot in my opinion um maybe rick smith would have been more received than others but i still don't think it would be an overwhelming like yeah great hire right mm-hmm. bulky was probably one that people really didn't want it feels like they are keeping something that's left over yeah but when we say flushing the system uh, flushing the stadium, flushing the headquarters there. They are still doing it. They're gutting it, but you can't get rid of every person that works there. Okay, that's that's not going to happen. So Bulky being there for a year, I don't know if he really constitutes a guy or a person or a, the old way of doing things. The Jags, you know, I I just don't sense that. I yeah. think that's an unfair label. I also think if you want to shape your argument to say Bulky is not good, then you can't. Yeah, but. That he was executive of the year in 2011. They went to the NFC Championship three years in a row. They went to a Super Bowl. He picked a guy like Colin Kaepernick who looked like he was headed for a nice career and helped them get to the Super Bowl. Don't yeah but that. You can acknowledge the other problems. A.J. Jenkins and other of the picks that didn't work out. The longevity of that that didn't work out. The fact that he got fired in 16. Mm -hmm. But keep in mind, he was a part of that San Francisco organization scouting and personnel and then GM since like 2005. So he was a part of that organization that helped put those teams together, even if he didn't call every shot yeah. as the GM in like 2000. Nine two 2010 to build up to that super bowl
1: yeah i mean listen i think that anytime a gm gets announced and you see like the the previous fan base talking about the 49ers fans you know kind of chime in and say what are you guys doing there in Jacksonville?" Well, like that's gonna that, that's gonna rub some jaguars fans the wrong way right like it, it's, it's never fun when a, an, an opposing team's fan base um tries to rub it in and say like, what are you guys doing over there so As far as his resume in terms of the draft picks and all that stuff, like, yeah, there's some good and there's some bad. Guess what? That's pretty much every single M.O. of a general manager in the National Football League. So that doesn't rub me the wrong way too much. Obviously, what we addressed yesterday a little bit, and which is a little bit of a flag to me, is obviously his relationships with the previous coaching staff. Yeah. Right? Because it was... uh. Thomas Sula, he had um, Jim Harbaugh, and then he had Chip Kelly. And by the way, he hired those guys, so he didn't hire well either in terms of Tom Sula and Kelly. Yeah, and with that being said, like, listen, I don't know if those guys are really hard to work with, okay? I don't know if it it was Belkey's, but sometimes it takes two to tango, okay? So some of the blame had to fall on Trent Belke. So with that being said, I mean, at the end of the day, this tells me, and you kind of hear the speculations, well, "Well, he was interval in bringing Urban Meyer here. That might be the truth. But at the end of the day, I'm not stressed out about it too much, Brent, because this is Urban Meyer's show, in my opinion. I mean, I think Balky is obviously he has the title of GM, and that's very important, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, Urban Meyer, I believe, is calling the shots. It's his show. It's his program. And obviously, Urban Meyer having a big say, I think, who the GM's going to be. I assume, I hopefully assume that, you know, Trent Balky understands that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what fans are thinking. That's why I think fans aren't freaking out. Yeah, yeah. Right? I Mm -hmm. think they're saying what you just said. This is an Urban Meyer show. Yeah. And and while I agree with that, because, you know, I've argued for the last month and a half, basically, that it should be this coach-centric organization, and that's the way they're going. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think we should just dismiss the GM role here. The GM role is very important. Well, very especially important.
1: A, a GM who has experience in the NFL. Exactly. With a coach that doesn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? I give credit to Urban Meyer for saying, hey, I've been studying the salary cap. Well, listen, I can study things for six months, and I'm not an expert at it. Okay? <laughs> uh, that, uh, this guy is smarter than me, knows more about it, probably has known even a little bit beforehand. Yeah. But just studying six months doesn't make me a doctor. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I can't. I need to rely on other people. I need to rely on Trent Bulky. We said it countless times. That that relationship, GM head coach, is super important. It's part of the reason things went awry around here. It's not, you know, things didn't go awry because of Gus Bradley and Dave Caldwell's relationship. Mm-hmm. No, things went awry around here. They lost because of a myriad of reasons, right? But it wasn't because they didn't get along. They were, you know, lockstep together. Things went a little bit awry because of the power structure that Shad Khan built, and Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone, and we didn't know what the heck was going on, and who's drafting who, and who's calling the shots, and who should listen to who. I mean, that's an odd thing, especially when you kept the GM that was here previously. Mm-hmm. So, that's where it can go bad, and I don't—we don't know the relationships in San Francisco with Bulky. We believe that Meyer and Bulky like each other. Meyer had to sign off on it. Yeah. Even if it was a Shad Khan thing, and I think it was Albert Breer who basically mentioned it was Shad Khan who kind of said, hey, I think this can work this way, mm-hmm. um, which gets me to another topic in a moment, too.
1: Let's fast forward to the NFL draft here coming up. Uh, obviously, the first pick of the draft, it's a no-brainer, right? More than likely, Trevor Lawrence. But at pick number 25, depending on who they take, who has the final say? Urban Meyer Trent Baalke? <laughs> And I think about it in the break. Think about it in the break. Let it marinate a little bit. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll do that. I'm going to keep on watching this UFC fight here. I also have a, a UFC. With a, a live the right now. Desert. It's live. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Watch this fight and try to talk to you at the same uh, time. Are you going to be a little, like, out of it today? No, there's seven minutes left in the fight. We're good. So okay. don't worry about it.
0: All right. Good. It's almost over. Uh, quarterbacks, I've got some suggestions. For what? And a thought or two you know? on this one. And who, I like your question there. Who's making the call on the 25th pick? I don't like your statement of quarterbacks. What do you need a quarterback for? Oh, I'll tell you. I can't wait to it's hear this on. one. It's you fake. for good forget. I think I'm a genius in this. All right. Yeah. We're not playing men. Just keep coming up right next. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Well, listen. If we wanted to just bump WWE by like a half hour or a few minutes, yeah. we
1: should have just rolled your, your highlight tape. Oh. Austin Lane. Oh! And there it is. And now Brent's playing ball. All of a sudden, Chapman throwing some high heat at me. Watch out for that suspension, Brent. Real quick though. Action Sports Jacks on
0: ESPN 690. The reality of it is, you know, there's only one team that's going to that's gonna win it. And, uh, you know, Philip was in an era where there was a team that it's won six of them, you know, over the, over his 17-year career. You know, they kind of, New England's kind of dominated, and there's a lot of things that go into it. I think Phillip, through most of his career, has played at a championship level. And sometimes it doesn't end the way you want it to, but uh, there's no question his production and everything he's done, he's played at a championship level level, and, and there's too many things that are at championship level, and, and I know being with him those six years and watching him compete, and, you know, he's a, he's the reason we won a lot of those games. You know, he's very, very deserving of, of any of the acknowledgments he gets and I, I see him as a Hall of Fame quarterback. Hey, we'll get into that a little bit more in a bit. Phillip Rivers is the Hall of Fame quarterback. That's Norv Turner, of course, spent a lot of time around Phillip Rivers. Uh, really like Phillip Rivers. I, I think he's a likable guy. I really do. I think uh, overall, I think people respect him and like him, and there's a lot of good things coming out today uh about Phillip Rivers. And, you know, it, it's funny when you think about it in that context. I think most people before, obviously, um, you know, Drew Brees had the run-in last year. I don't know what that would even be labeled, but, yeah. you know, where he he obviously took a PR hit. Let's just say that, right? For sure. But outside of that, everybody says Drew Brees is all-world guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right? I mean. Well, and
1: I think he's got the respect back of that locker room, obviously. Yeah, I think I think he rebounded nicely, mm-hmm.
0: and it probably showed the equity he had built up and also probably a good guy nature that he is. Correct. I think people say that about him. Uh, you know, I don't know about Peyton Manning. I've heard different things. Like, Peyton Manning was had a little bit of a an arrogance to him I think when he was there and I think I always say you have to have that if you're kind of an elite quarterback I completely kind of, agree he kind of feels a little bit more Aaron Rodgers where I don't know if I'd put Aaron Rodgers in good guy category although I'd love to have a beer with Aaron Rodgers and <laughs> at the pickle by the way and uh <laughs> and just at least keep it up with those endorsements and at least you know I like him. I, I'm not saying he's unlikable but yeah. I just think he could probably be polarizing he comes off diva like at, at the quarterback position so as you start to think of some of these greats, like Russell Wilson, all world guy.
1: What do you think about Tom Brady? And I was going to go there. See,
0: I, I said this to Steph the other day. We're watching the game. And I said, you know, I just, I don't, I got tired of the Patriots. It's not mm-hmm. like I hated the Patriots growing up. I wasn't a Patriots fan, but I just got tired of the Patriots. It's like, all right, enough, 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 enough. I was tired of the people in my life that I know that kept celebrating <laughs> Patriots wins, quite frankly. Yeah. But I never really had this disdain for Brady. I just I because I feel like with Brady, first of all, I think he's a pretty good dude. I, I do. Sure. I, I think um one He's an underdog. I, he's, he's an underdog. Mm-hmm. One two, I think he's I you gotta appreciate greatness. Right? It's like I I hated the Yankees, but I always appreciate Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. I think he's a pretty cool guy. You know, I mean what he accomplished in New York. And there's the pinstripes don't change that for me. Yeah. Uh Brady Maybe the thing that I re- – obviously you get to see one of the – I mean the greatest of all time, and I remember being at that Super Bowl, and sorry Atlanta Falcons fans, but the most special part of that for me was I'll be able to say that my – like the day he became the greatest of all time, I was there for it. That was the cool Super I That was one of the standout Super Bowls for me. I was at Brady's first Super Bowl uh, when I was working in Providence. I was down on the field for that one, and uh, when he said – I'm going to Disney World. I was right there in the back of the camera shop, by the way.
1: real quick. Uh, did you, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's really awesome. Um, did you get the sense that when you won the first one and you're on the field and the, the energy and everything, did you get the sense that there's going to be a lot more coming? No.
0: You didn't? No. I, I felt, of course, I was a pup myself at sure, that point, but yeah. I felt that was such an upset that mm-hmm. you didn't feel a dynasty was about to be born. Mm-hmm. You knew Belichick was pretty smart because he shut down the greatest show on turf yep. and he was physical with them and he got away with it. And you knew Venetieri had come up with, you know, remember now, they were playing with house money because they had won the tuck game against oh, the yeah, Raiders right. in the snow, kicked a field goal by Venetieri, one of the great field goals of all time. And then they went in on a field goal over the Rams in that first Super Bowl. So there was nothing, I remind people of that Brady's greatness developed, right? It's it like Russell Wilson early on. He wasn't great early on. He mm-hmm. was good and did his job and part of the team, but he wasn't, he didn't carry them. He wasn't the guy. No. Mm-hmm. And, and so Brady was very much like that. Made critical plays when he needed to, didn't make mistakes, put him in position to win, but they didn't win that game 42 to 39. They won it 20 to 17, I think it was, at that first one. Um, And my last bit of appreciation for Brady, and I've heard this more and more as we go along in his career, is that people are so in awe of him that are teammates of him Mm -hmm. that he has to bring himself back down and say, dude, stop. Like, yeah, you and I are the same. Yeah. And he how hard that must be. I know that sounds like kind of fictitious. Mm -hmm. That's serious. Like, it, we saw it with Leonard Fournette. Fournette goes to
1: Tampa oh, and he yeah. starts putting memes. stuff out on memes about yeah. him playing with Brady. Yeah. Right? Well, I and think Fournette's one of the most popular yeah. college athletes of all time, by well, the way. And you also say, I mean, yeah, got Weezy singing rap songs about him in high school. Like, what is Leonard Fournette doing? No, I agree with you. And even from an opponent perspective, like, there is something just extra special about Brady. Now, I kind of put Manning in that same category. I think so. Just because, like, but the way Manning played the game, though, right? It, yeah. it was like. He was playing like another level of the game when he's calling all these audibles and things and all these checks like, you know, it was just you got the sense that what he was calling out, whether it was, you know, real or fake or whatever the case may be. But like he was going to win the game because of the stuff that he saw with his own eyes and the audibles that he would check out of with Brady, though, it was just the fact that for whatever reason, when you're on the field playing against him, you felt like the. Football gods are like looking after him for whatever reason. Like, like he was like the the golden son, you know. Like he can do no wrong, and whether the game is it's a nail biter, whether it's gonna be a blow, like they're gonna will him to win. Like I I felt like that when we played New England. What was that? Two thousand and I think that was two thousand and twelve because that would have been Mike Mularkey because that's where the baseball bat came from. Yeah, I think so. And like you know. It was a close competitive game, and it shouldn't have been, right? Like, the Patriots were a good team that year, and we definitely weren't. But, like, you just got the sense that even though it was a close game, Brady's going to find some way to win it. And he, and he he had his socks pulled down over his heel because that that whole look was going down. <laughs> he looked like a child, but, like, it was the thing. And you just got the feeling that the God's going to look after Tom Brady time and time again.
0: Yeah, the Yeah. It's funny you say that because I feel that's a little bit Yankees-esque. He built up such a lore about mm-hmm. him that when Derek Jeter would come to the – I have no idea Derek Jeter's batting average in clutch situations, but it feels like he hit 850. Can't lose, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Brady's kind of like that. Well, Brady lost a bunch of Super Bowls. Yeah. But we don't talk about it. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. You know, so it's just it, when you win that much, it becomes like, oh, my gosh. he's a. Well, by the way, folks, that's what the AFC Championship game was. Mm-hmm. That happened to the Jags. It was, oh, no, here come the Patriots. Right. And when you said, oh, no, it was over. As soon as you said, "Oh no!" Like you knew it was happening. Whether it was the rest fault, the Jags fault for sitting on the ball, Brady's fault for making a couple of incredible plays in that game, uh, you knew it was over, and that that was part of it. So uh, I do. I appreciate the heck out of Brady in a different way. Like I, I kind of root for him. I think it's it's a pretty cool. He seems like a pretty good guy, pretty cool guy, despite being great. I mean, uh, listen, I say it all the time about LeBron James. I think LeBron James is pretty. In, in the in the star role that he has, he seems somewhat regular at times. Like you can relate to, you can you can eat, you know, you can't really get on his level, I would say. But uh, there are just some things that he does. Says, See, that's the difference between like Tiger Woods. Like Tiger Woods doesn't do a lot of things to to me that feel like, oh yeah, I
1: can relate to that. Like that's mm-hmm. th- he's different than those other
0: greats, in, in my
1: opinion. You know, since we're on the the Tom Brady discussion right now. And keep in mind, he still has a big mountain to climb over the Green Bay Packers, number one, and then playing either the Chiefs or the Bills if they go to the Super Bowl. But if Tom Brady was to will his team to another Super Bowl and the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win it, would it be the most impressive Super Bowl, like his most impressive season of all time? Because I look at it from one perspective and say, this guy went to a new team, new teammates right away, um, started out rough, but they all rallied behind him and they won the big one. And the other side, I want to say, well, but look at the team that he played on. Like, look, look at these offensive weapons that he had the entire season, right? Like, he didn't have Chris Hogan or yeah. or Wes Welker, June Edelman. Like, he's got like Mike like Bad, Evans. Troy Brown for exactly. back in the day, you know? like, He's got, like, Chris Godwin. He's got Gronk still. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Antonio Brown. He's got a pretty good running game. He's got a lot of peace at his disposal. So what do you think?
0: I, I Here's where I lean. I think um, it's probably not the most if you research them all, but I think it's so impressive because – I'm not sure the competition's ever been better. The NFL's always built on parity, but there are a lot of damn good teams in the NFL this year with good quarterback play that look like they're ready to win. You could have put your money on, like, eight different teams this year. Yeah. And maybe the biggest of all is Kansas City if they do win the Super Bowl, and that's who they beat. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I, this would be the biggest underdog Tom Brady would ever be in the Super Bowl. I think maybe if he go back to the Rams. I forget the line in the Rams game. It would be much like that. What a way to bookend the career if he were to beat Mahomes. Because yeah. it would feel like Warner and the Rams and, and Brady and the Patriots beat them. It's a good call. It, it would it would really bring it full circle in that regard respect. I think. I think. I say that, uh, and I don't know it without looking at it. But I, I believe that would be the case. Um, as it relates to Trent Bulky. Mm-hmm. He's about to get the biggest layup in his life at the quarterback spot. Listen, I don't care what factors go into it. You are judged by the quarterback. And the, the Dave Caldwell has been fired as a Jags GM and didn't work out over eight years because of the quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. And so much so that I actually thought about this today, Austin. Let's just say, for argument's sake, the Jags were in the same position in 2013. Okay, as the number one pick. Don't say that. But listen to me. But also, just for argument's sake, Andrew Luck comes out in 13 instead of 12. Mm -hmm. So what happens those next eight years in Jacksonville to lead us up to this point if the Jags from 13 on, with everything else that they have... And I'll give you one more change in the pick because they picked Bortles in 14. Mm -hmm. So instead of Bortles, they would go get Khalil Mack instead, like in 14. Mm -hmm. So what if they had Khalil Mack and Andrew Luck this whole time? Then would we talk about the Jags being so bad? Probably not. Would we talk about the bad first-round picks? Probably not as much. Would the ability to keep guys like Jan and Ramsey and all that trickle down? Would that have impact? Uh, listen, I'm not saying it's the only thing. Uh, the Jags have had many a faults in their organization. Sure, But my point is, look how big that is. The fact that Trent Baalke and Urban Meyer are going to start out with that guy. Maybe that guy. We don't know. We have to see Trevor Lawrence play. We'll see how it plays out. But he might be that guy where the Jags, again, this is all kind of luck where you don't get Andrew Luck or that kind of player when you're picking high in 13 and 14. Instead, you're reaching for quarterbacks just to find your next franchise quarterback. And you're missing uh, because of it. Yeah, I think bulky doesn't matter bulky will be connected to Trevor Lawrence, whether we all could have run it up to the podium or not. It's going to go on his resume. And I will say this, also in his scouting life with the Niners, on his resume, Alex Smith turns out to be a pretty good quarterback. He didn't pick him. It wasn't the GM. But he scouted him. Yeah. That's where the Meyer relationship, I think, really took off. And also, Colin Kaepernick. This guy has been, now, you're going to attach Trent bulky's name, when it's all said and done, when he retires, to Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick,
1: and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, uh, listen, I want to go back to what you mentioned with Andrew Luck and how much of a difference would that have made if you know the Jaguars had a rough season like a, a year, it would have been a year after that, right? Or a year prior? It uh, would have been after. After that, Because yeah, he exactly. came out in 12. Yeah, and, and to answer your question, like, listen, I think the, the entire course of history w- would have definitely changed. Now, I understand, like, that's pretty easy to say. It's the quarterback position. And, yeah, keep in mind, the Jaguars have had a lot of bad optics not relating to the quarterback position but i think that when andrew luck played you would definitely you know and i'm 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 kind of paraphrasing here but year by year you'd probably put him out as a top 5 quarterback would you not oh without, qu- without everybody question. would take a top 5 quarterback but i'm saying like a top 5 quarterback in the league in Absolutely. terms of production okay yeah. so with that being said and i don't care what year it is very rarely do you ever see in the nfl where a top 5 quarterback doesn't at least will his team to the playoffs regardless of the defense regardless of the personnel usually if you have a top five quarterback at your disposal um you're gonna go places now there's you know maybe like a Matthew Stafford in the past could be an outlier but again as I look at the standings this year like Deshaun Watson obviously is the outlier from this season but nine times out of ten I feel like if you had that top five quarterback you're gonna have something special and let's be honest year by year by year in the in the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise. Um, and you can go all the way back to, you know, maybe Mark Brunel, if you will, that never really had that top five quarterback. And I just can't pound it
0: home enough that Trent Bulky, who I hope we can give credit for a lot of different picks throughout, mm-hmm. is walking into a situation where he's back in the game as a GM and he's going to start his tenure in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. You could look up if Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to get a bit overdramatic here, okay? But you could look up someday down the road in 10 years with Trent Bulky because he made a lot of other right calls too in the Jags won games, but a lot of it all started here with Trevor Lawrence and no doubt pick that this guy's like executive of the year three different times or going into the Hall of Fame someday. Like that's how fortunate Trent Bulky is right now. To be walking into the timing of this situation yeah. where he's got a no brainer, possible franchise changer, possible generational talent, and his name's attached
1: to it, whether we all could have picked it or not. He, he has the golden ticket, Brent. He's going to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> he really he found it. He, he found is. it, man. I,
0: I haven't even checked if I won Mega Millions last night, but I plan on winning Powerball <laughs> tonight.
1: So, uh. It's going to be a big week for you. You won, I mean, last night, if you win tonight, and then you won Pac Man as well. Miss Pac Man. Yeah,
0: I, uh, big, well, I haven't won week. it yet, but. Big yeah, week. This will be a huge week. Quite big frankly, week. I don't know where Mega Millions, Powerball, and Miss Pac Man high score
1: rank. Uh, I'll let you decide that one. Go and think about that. And by the way, uh, listen, you said a comment we haven't got to yet. The whole backup quarterback position. I'm coming. I forgot. Next. We better. No, I know. Because I'm still curious. Where right, we're going. I know. We spent
0: ten minutes talking about who's a nice guy at the quarterback position. Well, that
1: and Tom Brady as well. I don't care Do you if you. Good about nice. yourself. I want them to be we're, good. Well, we spent ten minutes talking about Tom Brady. Like he needs any more to talk about him, man. All right. Here's the deal. He's done enough. Here's what I think. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tease it. I careful.
0: Ready? Careful. I think the Jags should go get Alex Smith. See? what did I just tell you? I said be
1: careful. It's coming up next. And now I'm sitting that We can't go to break with that. Yeah, we Alex are. Alex Smith coming to the Jags. Go to
0: break. ESPN 690. We'll be back. Coos, I'll punch you in the face. Go after how Pete Carroll did it. You got to love these guys. up. You got to treat them like men. The reason why Bobby Bob Petrino, Nick Saban, they didn't work out. They almost got their butts kicked because they didn't treat him like men. I mean, Nick Saban, the reason why he didn't make it the NFL, Dante Culpepper tried to fight him one day and a security guy stepped in. And then I think his final straw is he, that he
1: questioned Zach Thomas's toughness, and Zach almost kicked his butt. It, it just doesn't work on this level. And I know Urban's not one of those guys that kind of goes after you and tries to demean you. I said, just make sure you don't do any of that on this level, because it doesn't work on this level. You're dealing with grown men who are a corporation, but also different how they act than they do in college. When you go and say something like that
0: to Zach Thomas, good chance that you going to end up on the ground. <laughs> That's Shane Glazer. Uh, listen, there's still some power, st- power structure. Um, and by the way, Percy Harvin was getting in fights with coaches in college, okay? Yeah.
1: Or so, <laughs> <Irvin's laughs> did you around that? Speaking of that, did you <laughs> see Tyree Kill push the coach on the sideline? You didn't see that, huh? Because I don't think, no. like, okay, did you see it? I, well, yeah. I actually heard more about it than yeah. saw it. Maybe it was a joking thing or They, what?
0: they later said that he was joking. That's what Andy Reid says. I don't know if he was just kind of. Like, what was your interpretation of it? It didn't look like it was joking. Tyreek
1: Hill was ticked off about something. Yeah.
0: How can Tyreek how can anybody on the Kansas City offense be mad at anything? I know. <laughs> I mean, really.
1: Come on. Relax. <laughs> Relax. I'm sorry you haven't scored on an 83-yard play in 10 minutes. I know it's a competitive game. I'm sorry, Travis. He's got five targets that drive, and you got, like, maybe four. It's going to be okay. you all still going to win. Okay. I, I agree with you.
0: I think the Jaguars should go get another quarterback. And, and listen – and. I don't know where you're going with this. I'm turned off to it already, but what do you got for me? Not named Trevor Lawrence. So, I think uh Urban Meyer at Utah coached Alex Smith. Trent Baalke helped
1: scout and draft Alex Smith. Yes. And I'm a big Alex Smith guy. I play football and with Alex Smith. before I
0: even knew any of that was going down, I think I probably put this together a little bit more when Ur- when Urban's name was floating around. Okay. And I'm trying to think, okay, who, who's going to be a veteran guy coming in here? I don't know if Alex Smith's going to play football anymore. Mm-hmm. Washington still has his rights, but the big money of his contract, when I look this up, is done. I think they might even release him. Hmm. But I think there's a value in having a guy like Alex Smith... Here is the backup to help Trevor Lawrence along. Knows Meyer, knows Balky, knows this regime, but also just the veteran presence to help the young guy transition into the NFL.
1: What do you think, sir? Have you heard of Gardner Minshew? I have. Can I interest you in some Gardner Minshews, sir? I listen. You know, I, I love Gardner. So then, and what I do you I have no problem with Gardner being here. So you're going to keep him as well? That's so fine. He's going to be like a third-string quarterback? Yeah, he's making like six-round money, what? dude. Are we playing, man? What are we doing here, yeah, we're, no? the, I don't know. It's the most important position in sports. My might well it invest is. in it. That it is. So you're, you're under the philosophy that Trevor Lawrence... Can learn from Alex Smith is what you're getting. So at. here's the deal, by the way. His money, there's a potential out
0: in 2021, is what this says on, on Spotrac. Uh, three years, 71 million dollars, uh, 10 million in dead cap through the first three years of his deal. He's due 18 million this coming year and 20 million this the next year. There's no way Washington's going to pay that money for Alex Smith. Like that doesn't make sense. No, are but they going to pay could, 18 and 20 million dollars? No, but they could
1: definitely renegotiate.
0: And the cap hits are... like 24 million. The dead cap's like 10.8 million. No. I, I, I don't know what kind of doll- – you're going to have two young guys on rookie deals even if you keep Minshew, and I
1: don't know if they're keeping Minshew. But I just feel like Alex Smith makes some sense, man. But, but listen, though, man, like you want Alex Smith to, to groom Trevor Lawrence. That's the big get right now. Yeah, I, right? I'm not like,
0: asking Alex Smith to start the
1: season. Well, no, no, Trevor Lawrence is no, no, starting no, the no, season, no. right? Yes, yes, I know yes, we have yes. those We're conversations with rookie quarterbacks, yeah, but Trevor yeah. Lawrence is going to start. Yeah.
0: But I just feel like Alex Smith, if you can – I feel like there's value in that.
1: But do you feel better with Garner Minshew coming on the field or Alex Smith coming on the field?
0: Uh, Probably the
1: same. So there you go, then. Well, okay, so
0: Uh, what I'm saying is is Minshew going to... Tutor?
1: Trevor Lawrence, he's a young quarterback, doesn't know much. I mean, isn't that Urban Meyer's job kind all of All the respect tutor? to Gardner, but... Yeah, all the respect. Isn't that, I mean, can't Urban Meyer kind of tutor a little bit? Can't the next quarterback coach coming in? Can't he tutor? Isn't that why we're paying the coaches right uh, now? I, I, yeah, but come
0: on, man. This isn't like it's a... This isn't an uncommon theory. I mean, shame on you to
1: think that Trevor Lawrence needs a lot of tutoring. I feel like the guy can get
0: the... <laughs> I mean, how, how dare you? But this isn't an uncommon thing. I mean, listen, Drew Brees, Jameis Winston went yeah. to, went to New to Orleans. Break, it went to New Orleans because Drew Brees was there. It went because Sean Payton was there, too. But sure. Drew Brees could help him out. It was right? a good situation. Uh, and Correct. so I think there's some value in that. Uh, I I do think that Philadelphia Eagles proved one thing back when they won the Super Bowl. They went and got Nick Foles. They paid some money. It wasn't unbelievable money, but it was pretty good money at the time, I believe, yeah. for, for Nick Foles. It helped them. You know, I think paying a, an okay salary, I'm not going to say spend $15 million on Alex Smith, but you're hardly invested in the quarterback position. How, how much are you going to spend?
1: I mean, I'd be him with... for 5 $6, 7000000 a year. Why not? Because, you're. I mean, see, to me, and this is where we differ, Brent, the job, in my opinion, of a backup quarterback is to provide that spark if you need it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, great backup quarterback. Why? Because he can provide that spark. Chad Henney provided a spark to the Kansas City Chiefs. Gardner Minshew, in my opinion, in the heaven you actually need him. Knock on wood for Trevor Lawrence, but if you need Gardner Minshew, he can come in and provide a spark. I don't need Alex Smith, and I love Alex Smith, man. Like he's a former teammate, the guy's I think the world of the guy. But I don't need him to come mentor Trevor Lawrence for five million bucks, or six million bucks, seven million bucks. That's Urban Meyer's job. That's your quarterback coach's job. Spend that money someplace else, like at a wide receiver position or a defensive tackle, something that you really need.
0: Alex Smith is better than all three quarterbacks you just mentioned, and now we're admitted to going a break. Who's that? Uh, you said Fitzpatrick. You said Mitchell. Alex and you Smith said... is better
1: than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, right now. Yeah. We'll be back. Will really? we? Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE.